WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint, where power and politics collide and the tough questions get asked and answered. Good Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Ben Thompson. We are now just over one month out from the election. Registration deadlines coming up this week, so we want to make sure that you are armed with everything you need to know. Plus, coming up later in the show, insight from three experts, how your vote is being protected. Also, how campaigns are targeting not just swing states like North Carolina, but also down to the precincts. Maybe your neighborhood is one of them. And finally, we're going to talk to an attorney who uh, was part of the Florida Bush v. Gore thing back in 2000. And he says expect election night results to take more like a month. We'll get to all that coming up in just a bit. First, this year we are seeing a record number of absentee ballots, and there's a lot of questions about them. The Tar Heel State was actually the first state in the country to start sending them out, meaning North Carolinians were the first in the country to start voting in this election cycle. Officials are really encouraging anybody who plans to vote by mail, go ahead and request your absentee ballot now if you haven't already. For the first time this year, you can do it online, making it easier. WCNC Charles Fred Shopshire has a look at everything you need to know if you are voting absentee here in North Carolina. First things first, who's eligible? All registered voters in North Carolina may request an absentee ballot for the November 2020 general election. No special circumstances or reason is needed to vote absentee in the Tar Heel State. So how do you get one? To receive a mail-in absentee ballot, you must fill out the state absentee ballot request form. For the November 2020 general election, the completed form must be delivered to the Voters County Board of Elections by 5 p.m. on October 27, 2020. That's the deadline for the request form, not the actual ballot. Now, let's move on to voting absentee. For the 2020 general election, one witness is required for an absentee ballot in North Carolina. The voter is required to mark the ballot in the presence of that witness. A bunch of people are prohibited from serving as witnesses, including a person who is under 18 and a person who is a candidate for nomination or election to office, unless the voter is the candidate's near relative. After observing the voter mark the ballot, the voter's witness must complete and sign the envelope in the space designated as witness's certification. Once the ballot is marked, seal the ballot and complete the absentee application and certification on the envelope. Ballots may be returned by mail, commercial courier service, DHL, FedEx, or UPS, in person at your county board of elections office or in person at an early voting site in your county. And we have seen some issues with ballots that have already gone out. Some voters finding the return envelope won't open because it's already been sealed. One voter says her envelope was actually stuck to the ballot itself. We went to open the envelopes and they wouldn't open. So I got a knife and my son said stop because if you do anything, they might think it's fraudulent and they won't accept your ballot. Good to be careful here. If your ballot is damaged, the best thing you can do to, is to contact your local board of elections. They can send you a new one. Some people here in Mecklenburg County getting two absentee ballots, they say. The Board of Elections says they had to relabel a stack of them, and some of the duplicates were then also mailed out. Officials say even if you try to mail them back, both only one absentee ballot will be accepted into the system. Uh, joining me now is the guy in charge of elections here in Mecklenburg County, Michael Dickerson. Uh, Mr. Dickerson, thanks for taking time and speaking to us. Thank you for having me, Ben. All right, let's talk about absentee ballots. The president has made it sound like at times that it might not be a uh, 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 legitimate, safe, fair way to vote. Uh, you tell us, as the man in charge uh, of keeping things on the up and up here, here in the Charlotte area, 
absentee ballots, they're safe. Correct. Correct. This process that we use for absentee ballots has been in place here in North Carolina for the last 20 years. Uh, and it's it has proved its value uh, where a lot of people that cannot get out and vote uh, or don't want to go out and vote in person uh, have an option. And I think it's a uh, it's a tremendous option for the voters of Mecklenburg County. And if they so choose to do that in a pandemic year, this is a, a perfect option for them. Uh, let's talk about the other option people have um, if they're not going to vote on the day of, and that's early voting. Um, what's being done this year as far as early voting? I know there's going to be some some notable uh, places where people can actually go and cast their ballot in person. Yes, we're very, very fortunate this year. The uh, Remember, with this pandemic, the, uh, uh, the whole uh, um, push is to wear a mask, wash your hands, and wait six feet apart. Uh, so uh, what uh, we were able to do this year is get rather large venues uh, to to vote early. And we're very fortunate with that. Uh, uh, I'll be able to queue people up outside six feet apart so that we can stay safe during this whole pandemic and not have to worry about things. But we also what the uh, board also did was uh, increase the number of sites that we're using for early voting this year by by 50 percent. We're up to 33 early voting sites uh, this year for the uh, November election. And they all start the 15th uh, of October and uh, run through the 30, 31st. So it is it is really uh, uh, good to see. Uh, we're gonna have, again, high school gymnasiums. We're going to have obviously the Panther Stadium, the Spectrum Center, Bojangles Arena, all these large spots uh, that folks can go and uh, make their plans and go vote early. Pretty cool if you can actually go vote at, actually at Panther Stadium. I think that actually <laughs> might be what I, what I end up doing. Uh, oh, yeah. You and a lot of people. The, yeah, I won't be alone for sure. But I will be socially distanced. Um, Good. Uh, the other part of this pandemic that people talk about um, w uh, when it comes to voting and, and the election are some of our poll workers. And, and, and we know a lot of our poll workers t tend to be uh, older and, and may have uh, compromised immune systems in, in certain cases. Um, are you having trouble finding the, those poll workers? First part of the question. Number two, what are what is being done to make sure that these folks are are, are safe? Sure, sure, sure. Um, we're we're actually doing very well with our poll worker recruitment. Um, uh, we have a we have a rather large database of folks that we have built over the past years that that say they want to work, that want to work, and then the state has done this uh, Democracy's Heroes program that has provided us with a. Uh, quite a few more names of people that want to work. So we're uh, uh, we're expecting to have everybody up fully staffed uh, for election day and early voting uh, this year. So we're kind of we're kind of happy uh, with uh, with our, our poll worker status. As far as keeping them safe, that was the first question that they all asked us. Uh, what are you doing to keep us safe? Uh, to make sure that we we are safe and secure. Obviously, we tell them the first thing is we social distance. Uh, we have six feet between everybody, especially in these large places, that you can uh, keep your keep your space and and everybody can can be safe there. We have masks for all our poll workers. We have face shields for all our poll workers. We have sneeze guards up for those interacting with the public. Uh, we have hand sanitizer. Uh, we have everything that you can think of like that just to make sure that that they stay safe uh, during this pandemic. 
Uh, we would encourage everybody to wear a mask to vote and we'll have extra masks there if you forgot yours or something so that you can come in and vote and be safe yourself and be safe, uh, keep safe the uh, poll workers that we have uh, have working at our sites. We're also, uh, interesting enough this year, we're using a, a single use pen with a stylus uh, so that you do not even have to touch anything else that anybody else has touched. Uh, so that's going to be a fantastic little piece there that uh, they can sign theirs with a uh, pen. We call it their I Voted pen because we don't really want to hand out I Voted stickers anymore. Uh, but you'll have a pen that you can um, you can sign your name on your affidavit. And then on the back of the pen will be a, uh, a stylus where you can touch the uh, voting panel uh, with the stylus and uh, never have to touch the voting panel with your fingers. Very nice. Very nice. Of course, folks shouldn't have to choose between keeping themselves safe and voting at a time like this. So uh, all good things to hear. All right, Michael Dickerson. Uh, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Ben, great talking to you again. Take care. So you heard it here on Flashpoint first. No sticker, but you'll get a stylus, which is just a nice trade-off, right? Well, after some back and forth, South Carolina chose to make the coronavirus an approved excuse for absentee ballots this year. That has more people requesting them than ever before. WCNC Charlotte Sarah French has everything you need to know if you're voting absentee in South Carolina. First things first, to vote absentee in South Carolina, you have to have an approved excuse. Here are some examples. You're a student away at college. You're on vacation. You live overseas. You're physically disabled. Your job prevents you from voting, so forth and so on. You have two options in South Carolina, absentee in person and absentee by mail. To vote in person, visit your county voter registration office, complete an application, and cast your ballot. You can vote absentee in person up until 5 p.m. on the day before the election. A photo ID is required to vote at the polling place. Now let's move to voting absentee by mail. Step 1. Get your application. You can do that online at scvotes.org or call your county voter registration office to have the application mailed to you. Step 2. Complete, sign, and return the application. Get the completed application to your county voter registration office as soon as possible, but no later than 5 p.m. on the fourth day prior to the election. That's Friday, October 30th. You can return the application by email, mail, fax, or personal delivery. Step 3. Receive your absentee ballot in the mail. Voters who have applied early will be mailed their ballot approximately 30 days before the election. Step 4. Vote and return the ballot. Be sure to sign the voter's oath, place the ballot in the envelope, and return it to your county voter registration office either by mail or personal delivery. And remember this important deadline. It'll have to reach the voter registration office by 7 p.m. on the day of the election. We know North Carolina is a swing state, but did you know in this swing state there are swing precincts? We're talking zip codes, neighborhoods that could determine the outcome of the election. After the break, a look at if your neighborhood could be one of them and whether or not those campaigns have their eye on you. We're really desperate. Local business owner Craig Ray applied for a government loan to keep his business going. But when his request got stalled, Craig contacted the defenders and asked, where's the money? I know that after you contacted them, things moved pretty fast. Just glad we could help you. If you're asking where's the money and feeling financial pressure, the WCNC Charlotte Defenders are here to help. Email us at thedefenders at WCNC.com. We're there to get you answers to where's the money, only on WCNC Charlotte. Joining me now is Professor of Politics up 
at Catawba College, uh, Dr. Michael Bitzer. Uh, Professor, thank you for joining us. We do appreciate it. Uh, it seems like to me, now more than ever, folks are um, self-segregating along political lines and, and that North Carolina really is a microcosm for the rest of the country. It very much is. I mean, if you look at the polls, particularly at the presidential level here in North Carolina, North Carolina, along with Florida, are the two closest battleground states. And so I think the dynamic of what you refer to as us sorting ourselves is very evident in some of the research that I've done. Uh, if you look at precincts and look at the precincts within an urban city like Charlotte, in 2016, Hillary Clinton won with 61% of the vote. If you go to the rural communities, Donald Trump won those rural counties with 53 to 43% of the vote. But it's these suburban areas that nationally is the battleground areas that the narrative is talking about. But here in North Carolina, you really have to think about two different types of suburbs one of which is very much a battleground status area. Okay, so, so break it down. We hear about battleground states and that, that North Carolina and, and Florida are battleground states, but you say there are battleground counties. Yep. Not just counties, but even down to the, the precinct level. I mean, we, we are getting to a point where precincts are moving more and more towards one party versus the other. And in suburban areas, I look at suburbs in two distinct waves, one of which is the suburbs within an urban county. So the Mint Hills, the Hen uh, Huntersville, Cornelius, Davidson, Pineville, those areas within urban counties in 2016 went 49 Clinton, 48 Trump. There's your battleground. But as you move into Cabarrus, Union County, uh, Gaston, Iredale, Donald Trump won those surrounding suburban counties with 60% of the vote. And I think both parties are looking at strategies in terms of thinking about November 3rd, how do they play within those dynamics in a true battleground state? What's this mean for the folks who, uh, who, who live in, say, uh, downtown or uptown Charlotte or Dilworth or Plaza Midwood, which all we know lean heavily left or the folks out, say, in Watauga County or um, in another co county that lead more right? I think certainly, you know, turnout is going to be the key for this year's election. And the campaign certainly recognize where their base of support is. We're talking about an election uh, focusing on base supporters. Probably 90 to 95 percent of North Carolinians have already made up their minds and we still have maybe a month to go before the election. Those persuadable voters, those swing voters, could be in the suburban, urban county suburbs areas. But the big question is how many people actually show up to vote and the turnout rate, and where does that matter in terms of central cities versus the suburbs versus rural areas? We know the dynamic of where the votes are, are in urban counties. 12 of them will deliver 50% of the vote, and that's 12 out of 100 counties in this state. Wow, those numbers are, are just staggering when you put it that way. And, and you think that the, you talk about center cities and then the suburbs and then the more rural areas, you think the dynamic we saw in 2016 in that presidential race will just be magnified this year? 
I, I have to believe that it will. I mean, I think the, the, the likelihood is we will see the margins grow even more. In central cities, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we hit 65% across the state for the Democrats, Joe Biden. I think in the rural areas, we may see a tick up but for Donald Trump, but we could potentially see in rural communities, particularly in the eastern part of the state, more voters of color who show up than they did in 2016. So that may actually keep rural counties fairly within their margin. It's those suburban uh, precincts and surrounding suburban counties. Tell me what those dynamics are, and I can probably give you a pretty good estimate who wins in November 3rd. All right. Listen, if you want to talk politics, there is nobody who is more knowledgeable than the man here that's sharing the screen with me right now. I've uh, been interviewing him for years, and, and it's always impressive what goes on in that brain of his and the numbers he can crunch on the fly. Uh, Professor Bitzer, thank you for taking time. We know you're a busy man right now. It's always my pleasure. All right. Take care. Well, ele an election night results could take a month. That's right. After the break, why an expert says there's a chance we won't know the final results until possibly mid-December. Tornadoes, the tropical storm, severe weather is extreme weather, and we're here to keep you safe and to help you navigate your day. The First Warn team is there for you, no matter the conditions and the location. We're in your hand with the WCNC weather app, and we'll always be there on WCNC Charlotte. So wake up, plan your day and your life. The First Warn Storm Team will be there for you. All right, we know the results on election night could actually end up taking a month. Now, you might not realize this, but the results on election night are actually never official. It usually takes a few days to make them official behind the scenes. But experts say mid-December instead this time might be the soonest we have that official decision. I spoke with election attorney Tom Spencer, who was involved in the 2000 Bush v. Gore Florida recount, who explains the chaos we could end up seeing. We're trying to set expectations for uh, folks at home, what to expect. Um, the Florida recount, I mean, that seems almost quaint compared to what we could face here on, on Election Day. Uh, what are you expecting on, on the night of the election? On the night of the election, uh, I, I'm expecting that uh, there will be a lot of expectations of immediate results. There will be all kinds of predictions as to who's won and who's not won. Uh, but it's not going to happen. It's going to be many days, weeks um, before we know who actually won the election. The problem is that uh, December the 8th is the date that the Electoral College must uh, be uh, appointed and uh, they must meet on the 13th in order to get the electoral votes to Congress. And for North Carolina, that means 15 electoral votes. So uh, it, it's it's not going to be what uh, we normally have expected uh, because of all of these mail ballots. We have uh, about 150 lawsuits all across the country. It's just not North Carolina. There are all kinds of, of uh, very, very important pieces of litigation that have to be resolved. And they've got to be resolved by December the 8th. Uh, that's the deadline. Otherwise, you know, it, it really becomes even super chaotic. So um, it, it's going to be uh, just a wild Bronco ride, frankly. 
as a person who's watched these uh, elections up close and personally, how comfortable are you with the outcome of this? Uh, say by the time we get to mid-December, going into January, how comfortable are you with we are going to get the right outcome? I'm 100% comfortable that we're going to get the right out outcome. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be filled with emotion, a lot of uh, charges going back and forth. But in the final analysis, uh, this country has, has the ability to mount a successful election that we can all have confidence in. We'll get the right result. All right, we'll get it right. That's uh, ending on a positive note. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick you to it. All right, Tom Spencer, okay. uh, uh, attorney who knows these uh, these issues so well. Tom, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. So we're gonna get it right, but it might take a while. That's uh, the good news. More flashpoint after this. We're really desperate. Local business owner Craig Ray applied for a government loan to keep his business going, but when his request got stalled, Craig contacted the defenders and asked, where's the money? I know that after you contacted them, things moved pretty fast. Just glad we could help you. If you're asking where's the money and feeling financial pressure, the WCNC Charlotte Defenders are here to help. Email us at thedefenders at WCNC.com. We're there to get you answers to where's the money, only on WCNC Charlotte. Before we leave you, some very important reminders here in North Carolina. You must, must be registered to vote by Friday, unless you plan to register actually during early voting. The deadline in South Carolina is tomorrow. As far as absentee, absentee ballots go, the deadline to request one in North Carolina is the 27th. South Carolina is the 30th. But listen, all experts agree. Do not wait until the last minute. Go ahead and request it early. And if you are voting in person, a quick reminder that in North Carolina, you do not need to bring your ID. In South Carolina, you do. If you have any questions about any of this, anything you've seen here on Flashpoint, text the word vote to 704-329-3600. And then in turn, we will send you back our complete WCNC Charlotte voter guide. Very helpful, right at your fingertips. And then stay tuned on Wednesday night right here on WCNC Charlotte, we will have a Flashpoint primetime special, 8 p.m. We hope you have a good rest of the weekend.